Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Perfect Strangers podcast. I, of course, am your host, Furby Montano, otherwise known as Chubby Elvis. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, before we get started with today's episode, I do want to mention that this episode is being brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, on this show, sometimes we talk a lot about mental health and the stigmas around mental health and therapy, and quite frankly, about how damaging they can be. That is where BetterHelp can help. BetterHelp is online therapy. Now, I know what you're thinking, Furby. I've never done therapy online or through a computer before or even on the phone. That is okay. I was skeptical too at first, but then I dove in and I did it. And you know what? It's awesome. I prefer being able to talk to my therapist from the comfort of my own home or my own car or wherever I feel comfortable and not in someone's office somewhere. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just for me personally, it's helped a lot. I personally have done BetterHelp sessions twice a week, and it makes it so easy and so convenient that I don't have to go anywhere. I can just come up to my office, go into my bedroom, go to my car, and have my session right then and there. Now, some people think that they should wait until life is unbearable to go to therapy, but that's not true, and therapy is a tool that you have to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows and help you... Just feel like yourself all the time. And of course, we all hit those lows. We all have highs. And when you're feeling some kind of way, this is a great way to talk about your feelings and talk about how you are feeling and what's going on with you. The best part is you do not have to talk to anyone on camera if you don't want to. You can do strictly voice, just like I'm talking to you right now. And not to mention, it is much more affordable than in-person therapy. It's a very easy process. You hop on to BetterHelp.com, fill out a little questionnaire, and within 48 hours, you are matched with a therapist or a number of therapists in your area uh, that are licensed to help. So, hey, at the very least, give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And right now, Perfect Strangers podcast listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com PSP. That is betterhelp.com slash PSP. Okay, so today on the show, we have a friend of mine from TikTok, from Instagram. His name is Dwayne Thilmany. Now, Dwayne is a Tampa-based comedian who is absolutely hilarious. He does a lot of videos on social commentary, uh, stitches a lot of people, duets a lot of people, and I think he is absolutely hilarious. His view in the world, the way he kind of takes things and and sees the humor and everything I absolutely love. Now, while I love everybody that's been on this show and I appreciate everyone who's been on this show, Dwayne is one of the people that I was able to get the ball rolling speaking to right off the bat. As a matter of fact, when we were setting this up, he said that he was having to uh, take some notes so that way we could have things to talk about. And then at the end of it, he even mentioned to me like, yeah, you know, we never ran out of things to talk about. I never even looked at my list. So Absolutely want to have Dwayne back on. Great guy, great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please enjoy Dwayne Thilmany, and thank you again for listening. And a happy St. Patrick's Day. Make sure you wear green. <laughs> All right, Dwayne, how's it going, man? Thanks for uh, for being on the show. I appreciate yeah. it. I was excited for the invite. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, working with me while I was sick, too. That was... Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that still COVID or COVID part two, or that was... No COVID. I took a test. I was fine. Um, I think it was just a flu or I have no idea, but I woke up and I had basically no voice. So I'm here now. So uh, yeah, man, thanks for, again, thanks for coming on and, uh, and everything like that. Um, I'm a big fan of your, your TikToks, man. You're hilarious. I, I love it. I wish I could get more of a following. I, uh, I think I'm kind of all over the place. I'll do one. It'll be about trying to cook something the next day. I'm complaining about somebody and I need to find a focus probably to get my, my channel going good. Yeah. I, I kind of hear you there, man. Mine, I have like, I'll do like a skit one day and then I'll be complaining about, you know, why a certain guitar sucks the next day. <laughs> like, for me, it's my production value. I, I, I'll get a great idea. So I'll quick do it. And then later I'm like, Oh, that was so crappy. I should have planned that out better. And it's just, well, well, whatever it's out there still. I already got, I already got 5,000 views. I'm not going to take it down now. <laughs> no, I hear you. I, you know what I've been doing lately is I've been taking ones that I knew were good ideas. Um, 
like maybe a year ago, but didn't do very well. I just redo them now. Oh, that's yeah. If, if it's old enough, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's it's been working. Well, not really, but it's it's working <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I didn't, actually, I didn't scroll through the years to see your biggest views. My 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 biggest one was uh, my fat guy tips, where I was showing people how to stretch out their shirt. I got two point four million views, so I thought, oh great, I got a theme now. I'm going to go with this and nothing else for fat guy tips went at all. So it's like, it was just that one for some reason. And I don't know how you, it's so hard to predict that stuff. Dude, I love, I love that fat guy tips video. When I saw that, I think that might've actually been the first video I saw of yours, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I got over, I got over 2 million. And I have one that's close to a million that was um, tinting my daughter's car window when I did like the crappiest job ever with like a $12 piece of tint from eBay. That was like a <laughs> thousand. And I got that, that did well, I think because of the haters They're like, that looks terrible. You know, it's like, they want to <laughs> yell at you about it. So then you get more views or something. I don't know. The, the best one, not the, not the most views I got, but the one that got me the most comments was one where uh, only fans was not allowing like naked pictures anymore. All right. So I did one of like only fans creators today and like, Oh no. And they had like the, <laughs> cool in the gang people were just like man you look like only fans only subscriber <laughs> you're the target demographic you fat bastard i'm like oh yeah okay go ahead i've read they say like the misspell stuff and they kind of like say things wrong and then people go look at this idiot the fourth their friend and if you do it perfect you don't get that so <laughs> you know the, the funniest ones like the ones that have got me the most views are like the most random ones possible like one of them i mean the one where i was complaining about my old job giving like tips that one i get because it's um, best yeah. buy and everyone wants to spend less money at best buy but aside from that there was one where i like I pretended to be at a funeral that blew up like that one's like well over a million and a half and then there was another one uh, where i literally just photographed a picture at that i took at disney world it said think furry thoughts that one has like two <laughs> two million views and i'm like what why, why it must be that? something that people like to forward on or something because i don't and I, you look at the stats of like where your stuff's being viewed and it's like i get all these hits from norway and i'm like why are they why, who in norway is trying to watch my stuff i don't is it the time of day i post or is there like one person there that follows me and then forwards to like 25 friends i don't know what to think of that but I, I get a, a lot of Australia on mine. Huh. I haven't had much of that. Yeah. I think it's because Australians are like a little vulgar and I'm a little vulgar. So they're probably <laughs> like, like, oh, good, right on, mate. It's a good match. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. So yeah. How, how'd you get into like doing TikToks and stuff? Is it like a pandemic? You know, I, I swear I was doing this stuff before Snapchat or TikTok to my friends, like nice. just stupid little videos. And, and uh, I, I had a friend that... <clears throat> He had a, a wedding he had to go to that was like a fake wedding. It was um, his his girlfriend's sister had gotten married, but not told the family like they eloped or whatever. And and they didn't want grandma to find out. So, so a year oh, later, yeah. they had like a real wedding, but it's like they're already married. Right. And it was um, I, I'm, I'm kind of off again, on again, ticket broker. I haven't really done anything now since COVID, but this was around the World Series time. And this dude was a huge ticket broker. He was probably losing like $5,000 a day going to this fake wedding. So I made this whole uh, karaoke uh, Hannah Montana or Lady Gaga song where I was singing about him losing 5,000 a day and going to fake weddings and all this stuff. And, and I, I don't even, I can't even find it anymore. I wish I still had, it. I'd put it up on TikTok, but, but uh, I was doing that stuff before TikTok even came around really. So it was just like, wow, I finally got a platform I can share on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way, man. I was sending stupid videos to my family at like 11 at night. They're like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I've never uh, revealed it much to my wife until TikTok came out. So I, she'd be sleeping like at midnight and I'd go down to the basement when I used to live in Minnesota and had a basement and I'd be doing videos down there like really quietly. So she wouldn't hear me like, what is that crazy person doing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, it was like embarrassing, but it's like, it's got an intended audience, you know, I didn't want to send it to everybody, but TikTok kind of changes that. But um, have you seen like TikTok affect like a lot of your, just stuff in life. Like, um, I think the platform makes me like buy certain things or, or try things. I, I don't know. It's been funny. Like I buy that Dano's seasoning or that spicy or what is it? Um, can't even say, you know, with Dano's seasoning, I buy that. I oh, bought yeah. that now and I use that to cook and I follow his recipes and stuff like that. And it's just kind of changed how I do things. I started following, um, uh, oh, God damn it. What's the name? Uh, fit, uh, fit man cook. That's the one. <laughs> and, um, he does like, very tasty recipes that are like no carbs which is okay. nice so i've i i know you've lost a lot of weight too congratulations yeah thanks um i've lost about 100 pounds in the last year too and that was nice. like a, a big reason why was just whatever he had on that on that channel i would try it out or try to make a version of that and yeah man it, it was great and the food's good too which is you know you can't go wrong with that 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How did, how did, uh, how did you start your whole like weight loss journey and everything? Like I said, congratulations. On I, I had some, uh, health issues. Uh, it was weird. I went, I wanted to lose some weight and I went to one of these like fake doctor kind of places. It's, I don't want to name it, but you know, where they basically, Oh, yep. You're, you're heavy. Here's they'll give you some weight loss pills basically. And, okay. but they ran an EKG on me and they said, the machine says you're having a heart attack now, or you just had one. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but they basically said, get the hell out of here and go to a real doctor. Okay. And so I went to my real doctor and uh, he ran an EKG and kind of the same thing. He didn't like it. And so he sent me to a cardiologist, the cardiologist had me to the treadmill and all this stuff. And he had me going for both left and right heart. Um, on the, the catheterization or angiogram basically. And uh, so I did all that and I kind of put it off for a while, but I was like, oh, I better get that checked out. And they didn't really find anything, but it was enough of a scare that I'd already started eating healthier and starting to like, hit the gym and stuff like that. And this is probably my first really successful, like I've had, I've dropped like 30, 40 pounds before, but I'm down 70 now and awesome. I'm going to be for life. I just, yeah, it has to be now I'm in my fifties. It's, I can't be screwing around anymore. I guess, you know, you kind of get away with it when you're younger, being the chubby fat guy and cracking jokes and eating full whole pizzas, but I, I got to quit that now. So. No, I hear you, man. Well, congrats, man. It's, it's, it's a good, very good thing, man. It looks good on you too. You look really good, man. So I mean, I feel like I get skinny arms now. I need to start hitting the dumbbells or something, but <laughs> you know, you know what I got, I got this, uh, like push-up board. I don't know if you've seen them before, but they have like little handles that you move into different positions on the board and they work all of your different muscles, like throughout your body. Nothing oh, has been that. fantastic for me. I can, I can send you a link for it. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, cool. like 30 or 40 bucks, but they're, they're great, man. <clears throat> yeah. I just been doing dumbbell work and hitting the treadmill a lot and really just kind of slight, light grazing. I do drink a lot of protein shakes instead of meals and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been working. So I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> how do you, how do you like the, the, pro- the premier proteins? You well, know? it's, um, I've tried all the different flavors. I've gone from vanilla to chocolate to the strawberry cream. And now I'm doing the coffee latte one or whatever it is. And, uh, I don't know. I get, you get tired of it. You over kind of overdose on them. Um, I've started to make some of my own protein smoothies every so often. I buy like that frozen fruit in the bag or, um, but I've kind of worried that it's got too much sugar in it, even though it's not added sugar. I'm trying to kind of limit my sugar. I've been really, sure. I wouldn't call it keto, whatever doing, but just less carbs. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I like the shakes. I, mean, I really like, I, I don't like when I mix it with powder myself. I like, I've got the protein, uh, the peanut butter protein powder. Sure, you sure. can put that in your magic bowl with some milk, but it's really not for me. I, the, I, the powder is never the same as getting like one that's ready to drink. Like, you know, the, like, you know, my cases of them at Costco. So if you ever uh, get the vanilla ones, um, get the A&W root beer packets, like the ones you can oh, put in the water. Sure. And it makes like a root beer float. It's delicious. That would probably be really good. That was another video I did. I edited how to make my own soda pop and save and save money on TikTok. <laughs> and I got all these haters. I did just water with one of those AW packets. We're like, those taste terrible. What are you crazy? <laughs> uh, dude, I did one um, how to make your own orange soda because uh, my fiance bought me a soda stream for like my birthday or something one year. Yeah. Um, so I was like, here's how you make your own soda. And I got like those little Mio drops, the no sugar and push the whole thing and everyone was just like check your privilege you son of a bitch you have this expensive thing to make it i'm like oh my god man how did this become a political thing jesus yeah it's funny <laughs> people are funny man that's why i love tiktok you get people from everywhere telling you everything like i don't know it's it's an interesting platform man one thing for me is i feel like the algorithm it, it does learn me well like it knows what i want to see sort of but I want those things that I haven't seen too. Like, you know, I don't, don't keep showing me the girls with the big boobs just because I like those, you know, show me, I want to see some skinny people too, or I, whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> I kind of had that happen for a long time. I was getting like all these older, big chested women. I don't know why that happened. I really, I swear I wasn't liking them. I was just flipping through, but maybe I watched them longer than I should have. I don't know. But it's like, I started to say, not interested, not interested, not interested. and I, I kind of fixed it. I thought about creating a new login even because it was just getting to be too much for me. <laughs> Man, now that you say that, my we went to go visit my parents uh, for Christmas. Uh, I'm from New Mexico originally. Okay. And, uh, we went to go visit them for Christmas. And my my dad and stepmom got TikTok because <clears throat> they wanted to watch my videos, right? I was like, all right, cool. My dad goes, hey, can you tell me who's, who's following me? Because all these people keep following me. And he was being followed by like all of these OnlyFans girls just everywhere. Oh. And it was like very obvious who, what they were. And I was thinking to myself, huh, you know, dad, this thing kind of learns your habits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
so then I was kind of just scrolling through his feed and it was like big tits, big dicks, big tits. <laughs> oh, there's one of my videos, big tits, big tits. Oh, there's a racing car, big tits. <laughs> over it's and funny. over and over. Yeah, I get a lot of car stuff, get a lot of motorcycle stuff, and I get um, a lot of cooking things. I don't know if it's from who you follow always or if it's just because you watch the video longer, but it definitely learns. I get a lot. It's, I don't know if it's what I want, but it shows me a lot of the same thing. <laughs> Are you into cars and stuff? Uh, I used to be into collector cars. I, I kind of have wised up the bad investments and stuff like that. I had gotten my uh, grandmother. She had a, a 1969 Pontiac Grand Prix. Nice. It only had like 60 some thousand miles on it when I was cool. 32. And it was, I got it for free and I stuck about 10 grand into it and sold it for eight, you know, after 10 years or whatever. So it wasn't terrible, but, but it was kind of a cool car. My mom was an only child and, and so am I. So like, I was like the only kid that ever ran in the back and kicked the seats, you know, and, <laughs> and um, just my, my grandfather died in 71 or something like that. And my grandma only had a, a driver's license from like Sears. It used to be the older model, like the Sears catalog, like in the forties or fifties. So she had this, driver's license from the fifties that she just ordered. And so my mom had had the driver ed people in the local town come uh, and teach her how to drive in that car. So she learned how to drive in that car and she only drove that for whatever, 30 years basically. And, and so the car was just wow. mint. She sat on a little pillow to drive because she was short. So the car was just <laughs> mint inside. She didn't, she washed it, but she didn't wash it all the way to the bottom. And it was up in Minnesota. So it had some rust, but wow. I had all that fixed, but I enjoyed it. But yet it was such a, a hobby of kind of expensive and, I don't, you know, once you get the car done, then what do you do? Do you go out and go to car shows constantly? And all the guys that were there, you see the same guys over and over. And so I recently got a, a Yamaha V Star, and um, nice. I'm gonna start maybe going to some bike nights and stuff like that. I don't know. It's I'm kind of social, and I need to find ways to get out. I, I tried to play poker for a while and met a lot of guys that way, and then I kind of quit that because that got expensive. And sure. <laughs> you know, kind of my hobbies change based on the cost. <laughs> What uh? What size of a V Star did you get? It's a six fifty. Oh, nice. So it's decent, kind of, you know, but not huge, huge either. That's like perfect for Tampa, though. You're in Tampa, yeah. right? That's like right. perfect for Tampa because it's not yeah. not super huge, but you know, enough to go around and drive around the city. Yeah, I, I have a friend that's on Clearwater, and I go to see him uh, right down there, and it's on the on the causeway. It's nice, but on the expressway going down, I got people just blowing by me. It's I got to wind up best I can, and it's, you know. Flying along, I don't. I don't want to drive ninety or or more just to keep up the traffic. So no, that's the same way it is here, man. You get anywhere near Disney, holy shit, the traffic there, and <laughs> yeah. people are just like, I don't know what it is, but people from Atlanta, I, like every time I see the Cobb County or Fulton County, Georgia, they're just weaving in and out. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, oh, oh my that's god, crazy. you people, man, you people in Atlanta. <laughs> are you fairly close to the parks then, or we uh, we probably live about. 20 ish minutes away um like so you're not affected totally like you can go to your local olive garden you're not affected by the disney olive garden or whatever yeah, exactly we can we can go the other way towards like sanford and lake mary okay <laughs> that's good because yeah it just seems like I, I can't imagine trying to live near there and like you know go to get groceries even or just anything would be like well Publix is five minutes away or five miles away it'll be tw- two hours before i get home you know <laughs> We have some friends. They uh, they moved here from Ohio, and uh, they live in an apartment that's pretty close to Disney. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Celebration, the community. Yeah, but a little it, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they moved there, and they were like, we didn't realize that that's like a bubble. So it's like <laughs> this really nice area, and then around it is just like a complete shithole. Oh, sure. So, so she was, they were like, to, to go to like a grocery store or anything, we have to travel like all the way across town and then all the way back because so, there's nothing near us. Yeah, that makes like, sense. I was like, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> what do you do, man? What made you move to Florida from uh, New Mexico? Just a job or wanted to get away? or? So I actually, uh, me and my fiance moved here from Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, we're, we're living in Austin. Uh, we had two different stints. So a total of six years um, over a eight year span. Yeah, eight years. Um, so we, we just wanted to move out here because her parents live here. And uh, okay. she, she's originally from Tallahassee. Um, Austin was just getting very expensive. So we, we just decided this was a better move. Um, I didn't really want to leave Texas if I'm being honest, but you know, there are worse places to be than Florida. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I was in Minnesota where, you know, you had all these months of, uh, it was freezing cold and you'd you'd run from your work to your car and your car, you'd you'd leave it run for half an hour just to warm up. And, and, um, 
you know, my wife complains here now about it's so hot those couple months that it's hot. I'm like, that's still to me, my, my car being boiling hot and having to wait for it to cool down is better. Cause at least when I get on the road, it's not covered with snow. It's not yeah. traffic. There's still plenty of traffic, but there's not traffic because you're waiting for the snowplow to finish the highway or, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I'm, I was really excited to come here. My wife wasn't quite as excited. We've been here eight years and she's still kind of, she has a lot of family back in Minnesota too. So she, it's like, uh, I kind of took her away from that. Whereas like I was saying, I'm an only child. And so is my mom. I don't have a lot of family that I'm going to see that often. So. Sure. That's cool, man. I mean, I've I've only been to Tampa a handful of times. Like I've been for a couple games from. Yeah, I saw you went to the Bucks game on the one TikTok or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to Tom Brady's very last shutout. He got four points. That was great. (laughs) Uh, No, man. I I really enjoyed Tampa though. We were there uh, a couple weeks ago. Actually, I think yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. um, For a a monster truck show of all things. Oh, cool. And. yeah, man, we we hadn't I hadn't really ever spent a lot of time there, so we drove around. It's, it's a beautiful city, man. Gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, we're getting packed now. Everybody's moving down here, and it seems like Tampa's growing quite a bit. And they're talking the rents are going up, and all the properties are going up. But but uh, so far, I've still liked it a lot. You know, that's cool, man. What uh, what made you guys want to come down to Florida? Um, I just wanted to get out of Minnesota for my whole life, basically because of the weather, yeah. <laughs> and um. I was working for Dell, which I guess they headquartered in Austin where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, when Michael Dell took him back to private, um, you know, he bought all the stock back, went private. And I think they've gone public again since then, but, but uh, they offered basically voluntary layoffs. If you wanted it, um, just whether, whether we needed you or not, if you want to take the layoff package, they just wanted to cut enough headcount. And so I took that package because I was doing my ticket broker business on the side. Actually, I was, I had my business running, but I didn't, working at full time. My wife did, her sister did, and we had one other employee at the time. And so I'm like, this seems like a perfect opportunity to take this package and let's get the heck out of here and go to Florida. And my daughter was, uh, I have a 20 year old daughter, um, but she uh, was just going into seventh grade. It's like a good time to do it. And she actually adapted really well too. We were, we moved here in July and we went back home. I think, I think we had a wedding in September or something that same year. And she had like a play date or whatever set up with an old friend and that friend canceled on her. And she said, I just want to go back home. I'm like, home, you've lived there for four months. <laughs> you know, how's that home to you? I mean, I, I love that she said that. And, you know, to my real friends, like, and people you've known for a month in school, like it was just like, <laughs> so she adopted really great. And she feels like she's from Florida now. She's going to school up in Tallahassee. So. Oh, cool. How she end up, but what's that? How does she like Tallahassee? So her first year of college was COVID. So she like, oh. they, they were basically locked in the dorms. And I, I, she came home probably every third week for a week. Cause that was all online stuff. But I was like, pushing, Oh, you got to live in the dorms. It's a college experience. You know, how can you not? Well, dorms where they like, you know, the, all the, all the rooms downstairs were closed. You couldn't go play ping pong. You couldn't hang out in the big TV room. Oh. Like, and they, and now they make you take your tests, you know, with a camera to make sure you're not cheating and take your online tests. And they have like, through what they call it, like web lock or desk lock, where like, even if you have a piece of paper on the desk, if it moves, they're like, Oh, what were you doing? Are you cheating off that paper? You know, it's crazy. So I don't know that she had that much fun that first year, but now she's in an apartment with uh, three other girls and things have opened up. So it's a lot better and she's, she's loving it now. So. That's, that's cool. That's good to hear. I mean, that that's gotta be rough, man. Your first year in college, just. Well, and her last year of high school too was part of it. So she graduated 2020. So she missed her prom. She was almost oh. more mad about senior skip day, which I'm like, you got senior skip, you know, months basically. <laughs> Cause they, they just coasted that first year. Everybody thought they were going to go back to school. Like, you know, March came that year and everybody the COVID stuff. It's like, Oh, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve and we'll be back open in a couple of weeks. And right. so no one, they would, they didn't really plan it ahead. And next thing you know, it was graduation. They're like, well, congrats, you know, 4.0 GPA and you know, whatever it's because oh no one really did anything for those last few months. But so she's like, you know, I don't know if you can call it suffering, but my, like, you know, people really suffer, but I'm sure that's kind of sucks, you know? And so she's, finally living her, her life now that she can get out and do stuff at college. So that's cool, man. I'm, that's, that's cool to hear. I mean, it's, it's nice to know that things are getting a little bit back to normal. Um, <clears throat> I was telling my fiance, I don't, I don't think it will ever get back to the way it was before. I just, yeah. I just don't, I mean, Florida, I think it's a little different because we've been open forever. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> so we, we moved here in, uh, in July of 2020, 2020, okay. yeah, 2020. And uh, first thing I go into a 7-Eleven, nobody has a mask on, no guards. I was like, holy shit, this is a different world out here. All right. It really cool. is. <laughs> but, 
was it? Uh, I was, I mean, Texas was like that too, but we lived in Austin. Austin is like, yeah, that's a little more liberal probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically think about California in the middle of Texas. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you have the, I always heard the stories from the guys at Dell, like, uh, what's the city I want to call it like cross Creek or, Cor- uh, it's, a, uh, oh. it's, it's awesome, but it's, it's next to Austin. Like oh, where all the Dell people. Oh, Round Rock. Yeah, Round Rock. Yeah, yeah, that was like where the rich Dell people lived, or whatever. I guess I don't know. That's what they said. But, but so it's like you have like the Austin College Town, and you have like Round Rock or whatever else is going on there. From what I understood, and I've only been there once, maybe twenty years ago, and I know that Sixth Avenue Entertainment District or whatever it was. And Dude, that that stuff's changed entirely. Like now they have a uh, um, curfew on Sixth oh. Street for for music. So after oh. midnight, after midnight, you can't play music on Sixth Street anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, people in high rises were complaining. I'm like, so you moved to downtown Austin for the experience, and then when the experience is too loud, you bitch about it. Like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, I was probably there like in 1999 or 2000, and it was like it reminded me of the like the Fremont Street experience downtown Vegas. It was just very similar. Two more blocks would be a whole different stage set up, you know, outside of whatever bar, and yeah, it was not quite like Mardi Gras, but it was almost like that. People could go in and out of bars and just carrying their drinks around with them and stuff. So well, that's too bad. That's changed. That was pretty cool. Yeah, man, Austin, Austin's, it's different now, man. It's, um, I like to think of it as kind of like tech bro heaven, like that whole tech scene from Silicon Valley has kind of moved in there. Um, yeah, I can see that. So like all the artists and musicians and everything that used to live there and be able to do what they do and be able to afford it, they, they're gone. Like they're just, sure. huh. you know, smaller towns in Texas or a lot of them went to Louisiana. A lot of them went to, like a lot of them went to New Mexico, actually. Um <clears throat> Especially with the pandemic, so many people just decided to to pack up and take off because rents just went so sky high. So, sure. What do you do, man? <laughs> the college must still have a lot of effect on on Austin, but I suppose just close by. So it does, um, in a way. Um, it's still very much a college town in that area of the city, but even then, it's not um, like UT has kind of become like a, a Harvard type of school, if you know, oh, okay. like, like it's very hard to get into. It's very exclusive. And a lot of, you need a lot of money to go there. Um, oh, huh. even, though it's a, even though it's a state school, um, it's still a very difficult school to get into. Um, so it, it's kind of changed a little too. Um, they, they still favor kids tr- from Texas, which is nice. Um, or if you graduated from a Texas high school or community college, um, they kind of look at you first before they go out of state. But yeah, I think a lot of kids are uh, heading more to like Texas State or Baylor, um, TCU, places like that, um, because sure. it is so expensive now. Just why not go to the private route, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same. My daughter was huge. Uh, we all loved. We did a lot of tours and we went to um, Georgia Bulldogs. University of Georgia was a, we loved the school. We loved the campus. We loved the stuff they talked about on the tour and they have a really professional like they had nice tour buses to show you the campus and stuff other places you go you just walk around by yourself basically with a, a map you know but uh but the tuition was because we were from out of state like she ended up getting this uh if you've heard of the florida bright futures if your grades are good enough you have enough volunteer hours and you hit the act score if you're a florida high schooler you can go to florida colleges basically tuition is either 75 percent off or even free she she hit the score so it was free so she only pays her rent now but but um so you got that you got the free tuition here or we could go to georgia and pay like thirty six thousand a year <laughs> you know it's like she probably won't spend thirty six thousand on her rent over four years now <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> insane man it's it's insane what college costs like I, I like to think i'm not that old but i'm 33 so i'm i'm far removed from college um college yeah. age anyway excuse me i still have a lingering cough but uh i remember when i went i went to new mexico state um my first two years of school and we had uh the new mexico lottery scholarship at the time so if you made over a 2.5 gpa in college i know i know (laughs) they would pay um i think it was 75 percent of your tuition uh um so that was nice. And I think for my dorm and for tuition per semester, it was like $1,500. Like it was nothing. Yeah. But my sister basically went to school for free because she got that and scholarships and everything like that. So she, I don't think they had to pay anything for her school. And now I see kids that go there. They're like, yeah, it's like 22,000 a year. I'm like, what? <laughs> New Mexico state is $22,000 a year. 
it's it's difficult because like my daughter did she's very scholarly she's you know she took uh she went to community college and took extra classes when she was a junior she took the ap classes so she's actually she's in her second year now but she started her second semester in january and so she's already a junior because of the stuff she's done and she's dean's list and da 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 da. i don't know where she gets it me or my wife but (laughs) anyway um I don't know if that I would say that college education is as valuable anymore. And I've done a lot of entrepreneur things that, you know, say if we'd have done that Georgia college for 36,000 a year, you look at 150 grand, probably over four years, I can go and buy you, I don't know, a Domino's franchise and it'll suck for a while while you have to make pizzas, but you could build the business. And, and in five years, when your friends are getting out of college, you, you could have three stores by then and be making 300 grand or something. And they're going to be working for some accounting firm for 40 grand or, you know, whatever it's like, but, but she's gotten such a good deal on her stuff. And I, and I kind of tell, can tell it that that's the path that she should take probably is getting an education. Like she'll probably get her MBA and all and be out in five years or something like that. And sure. I think that's smart because it's going to be cheap. She'll get it. You know, she's not spending a lot on that, but yet also she has some resume. She's done like babysitting or she did some summer camp at YMC. I'm like, seeing a rollout at 23 years old with an MBA and be like, well, I worked at Publix one summer. Yeah, I just, I don't know what she's going to, how that's going to get her a good job just because she has the degree. But I think that's a good path for her. It's, I know it fits her. You know, it's funny. I, I agree with you. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I've been like in, in sales for the majority of my adult life. So my first stint in college at New Mexico state, I got bored, stopped going to class, got kicked out. That, that happened. I was like, sounds like exactly my plan. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I went back home. I went to music school, which that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I was 21. Um, moved to Texas and started doing sales jobs, be it retail, be it over the phone, whatever. Um, nobody would look at my resume if I didn't have a degree at the time. So I went back to school. I finished my degree in 2019. And it's hilarious. If you just put like degree, like I have a degree, all of a sudden you get a call back. It's the weirdest thing. Cause yeah. I have I have all the experience on my resume, but just like, I probably could have even lied about it and not actually spent the money because I doubt they actually check it. But yeah. just have, having it say that is like, what, what are you talking about? Like, it, I, I noticed that a little bit too. So I, I went, I started college back in 87, probably before you're born. I don't know. but um, Right right before I was born, I'm born in 88. So, so I, I went off and on for almost six years and maybe got about two years of credits done. I, I was, I don't, I can't believe how bullheaded or whatever the word is. Um, I, my GPA was low enough. I would get kicked out for the first time. It was for a quarter. Like I got like a 1.9 you had to have a 2.0. And they said, well, if you don't get a 2.0 next quarter or better, you're out for you're like academically suspended for a quarter. So like that worked out that I got kicked out for the summer mm-hmm. and I came back. You'd think I just would have said, screw this, but I went back, made it for two quarters with over 2.0. But then my third quarter, I screwed up and said, I was kicked out for a year. And I still came back after that year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally I gave up on that. And uh, somehow I got into it work and, um, one of my employers had a college they would pay and I did this adult program. So I, I, I always laugh. I started college in 87, but I graduated in 2004, <laughs> but I was doing it work and I was like sick of it work. I'm always sick of whatever I'm doing at the time. I'm just that kind of guy. But I, uh, I took a, I got a marketing degree. Um, I was at that time trying to get out of it and try to get into real estate and like, well, it's, you know, it's be kind of entrepreneurish and marketing and marketing myself and that kind of stuff. And so even though I had a marketing degree, not related to IT work. I could see the difference too when I applied for other jobs, like other IT jobs. They're like, oh, he's got a degree. They bring in like they didn't care even what it was in, and like, you know, okay, I should have been. I should get a. You know, why was I trying so hard back in the '80s to get like a degree in like mathematics or you know, I changed <laughs> majors. I went for math and I failed calculus one like my first term. I'm like, well, that was a great choice of major. And then I changed to English because I got an A in English the same term. Well, then I got into some kind of Shakespeare I didn't like, and ah, I dropped that. And I changed it to aviation management because my friend's roommate was going to be a pilot. Oh, that'll be great. And <laughs> he just kept jumping around, but I should have picked something simple and got the hell out of there. Dude, I, I started out with journalism uh, for whatever reason. I, I thought I was going to be the I thought I was going to be the next Stephen A. Smith, man. I was convinced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was convinced I was going to be on ESPN, being like, "Look at LeBron James!" Like I thought that was going to be me. And uh, then I quickly realized that journalism is boring as hell. Like the majority <laughs> of it sucks, man. Like oh my god, writing about sports is. I love sports. I love watching sports. There's only so many times you can write, and he rushed for a hundred yards. Like it is such a boring profession and no offense to any journalists that are listening, but like, I could not do it. It's a funny, so I worked as an IT manager at um, 
Fox nine in Minneapolis. So it was the Fox affiliate sure. and it kind of gave me, you know, I, I supported the accounting office, the marketing and sales guys, as well as the news guys for the computers and stuff like that. And it's amazing. These guys are so passionate about being journalists or being on TV and they don't really make any money. Like one lady, she was the, I think, executive producer of the morning news. Um, it was three hours of news, like from 6am to 9am. And so she didn't even, I don't know, she was more like the manager and she would bust her ass to get the hell out of there at 9am. Cause she had to work at bed, bath and beyond at 10 o'clock. She, that was what paid the rent. She didn't make enough at the station as the executive producer of three hours of news. Like what? Like, you know, or I remember like one of the anchors, even from the morning, she'll come to me and like, you know, a place I could buy a good used laptop. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I didn't know at first, you know, like mm-hmm. you're like a main, main anchor. We only had four channels in, in Minnesota back then. On, and you're a main anchor on the morning news. And he was driving a 15 year old Honda Accord and looking for used laptops. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm thinking the guy's a millionaire and he's not even picking a hundred grand probably. <laughs> You know? People that are on air personalities, if they're not like on a corporate network, they, yeah. it would shock me if they make 30 grand a year. Like, yeah, I, I, it's amazing how little they pay on air personalities. So many people are so passionate. Like, we had that assignment desk where the people would call around all different hospitals and police stations and asking for news and stuff. And they'd just love it when they got that nugget, they'd pass on to the next guy. And, like, that's a crap job, man. But if you're passionate, I guess that's cool. But you're not ever going to get me paid for it. You know, <laughs> I don't know what to say on those things. So mine was, uh, we, we were helping build um, two different newspapers, um, websites. Because at the time, they didn't have websites. Um, so my job was to go around to the different high schools in the area and get, like, rosters for their sports teams, schedules. Oh, oh my God, man. It was so much driving and so much, hey, do you have this? No, come back next week. Okay. Yeah. Back you got some, you got some like, you know, gym teacher going, well, I, I, he's got it scratched down. I can just see it now. Like, you know, he wrote it down the other day and I think he's number 13. I don't know. I remember, yeah. I remember one of them one time. Um, it was the school in Alamogordo, New Mexico. This was about an hour and a half outside of Las Cruces where I was living at the time. And uh, I asked him like, yeah, do you have a roster or anything? He's like, son, half my team quit in the middle of the year last year. I don't know who the fuck's going to be on this team. <laughs> I've known guys though that try to build like um like iPhone apps that have all that's the college sports stuff or, or high school sports data and they try to update the scores. They try to get like the moms that are like, you know, of the mm-hmm. quarterback to update from the from the game. Oh, the score, you know, they're playing like where there's barely any lights, even and you're lucky to have Wi-Fi and they're updating the score on their phone, you know, and, and it's a good concept, but I don't know who's who really cares. <laughs> I, so I have a, I have a friend who I, uh, he was a few years older than me, but I played high school football with him. Um, he actually has a Twitter account where he does this nationally and then he's turned this into his job. Exactly what you said. Oh wow! But all he does is he'll get from around the country, different tweets and he'll, tw- or different scores, stats, whatever. And he'll tweet them out real time. And you can search on his thing. Like, Oh, looking for this school. Boom. All of them are right there. All of them are right That's there. That's cool to use somebody else's platform like that too. Everybody wants to build their own stuff. And then how do you people download the app? But everybody's got Twitter and they just find your stuff. Boom. You're in. Oh, yeah. That's pretty smart. What he started doing it right when Twitter became a thing, like 2010, 2011. And I remember like, Oh dude, why are, this is going to be so much work. He has probably like 150, 200 people working, not for him, but working with him to sure. send him this stuff every week. So basketball, baseball, football, volleyball, soccer, whatever, swimming, even he just, that's, tweets it out. Cool. Mm-hmm. that's awesome. Cool. I love the idea of leveraging somebody's stuff like that. Like to just grab Twitter and go with it. I remember when Twitter first came out, this guy in my, in Minneapolis, he was doing a thing where like, nobody knew what to do with Twitter. Like, so what is this for? Like, he didn't really know it was like, the, there wasn't news on there yet. Really. It was just people just talking like, Oh, I don't feel good today or whatever. But he would do like Saturday afternoon, come find me. And he would sit, post pictures and um, give hints like, you know, he was at the rib joint downtown Minneapolis or something like that. But he, you'd try to find him. If you found him, he'd give you like 10 bucks or something like that. And, and I, so I would actually follow that and then kind of like, huh, but I still was like, what is this platform for? And it's interesting to see how it's evolved like that, because really like, you know, they, they joke about like, you know, black people, Twitter or white people, Twitter, or different, yeah. you know, but but really that if you just follow the right people, it is there. You could you could have three accounts. One could be for, you know, polit- politics. One could be for tourism things in florida one could be for whatever and it's just based on what you're following you see whatever it's 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 really evolved like a it's useful for the if you set it up right oh yeah absolutely i so the reason i even started a twitter um i was living in la and i was in music school and i started following a lot of comedians because you know that's where comedians are based out of is la 
Sure. So a lot of them would just do pop-up shows and they would just tweet out like, Hey, I'm going to be here in 20 minutes. So we would just hop in my car and go. And that That's how I originally started doing Twitter. I don't think I've ever sent a literal tweet to anyone in my entire life. I've had a tweet yeah, I, for I like retweet and I, I comment, but I've never done like a fresh one. I don't think I'm, I'm sure I have, but I do remember one time, um, Derek Brooks from the Bucks, you know, the nineties, the linebacker. Right. During the Super Bowl one time, he was tweeting out something about, I think it was when the Packers won the Super Bowl. It was that long ago. <clears throat> and I tweeted back at him and he like favorited, retweeted, and then like added me. And I was like, oh my God, Derek Brooks tweeted me. It's never happened to me yet. My friend got a, a Chachi, Scott Bale um, follows her. And I was oh, like, cool. <laughs> it's like it was political because he's a Trumper and so is she and whatever. But but uh, I was like, man, I need somebody like that. Just one, I just want one person to follow me like, where I can say the name and you go, oh yeah, I know him. You know, whatever. <laughs> I think the coolest, uh, it's not even a follow, but the coolest like I ever got, I did this video where uh, I was moving my head and they had like different uh, piano notes. So it made a piano sound. Okay. But I, I put the My Chemical Romance, Welcome to the Black Parade sound over it. So it looked like I was playing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so that, that was another one that got like well over a million views. But uh I opened my phone one day and it says Ed Sheeran liked your post and it had a little blue check mark and I was like, "There's no fucking way." Yeah, you're like, I clicked, is it- I clicked on it and I was like, "That's actually Ed Sheeran." Oh my god, man! Ed Sheeran liked so I screenshotted it immediately. Like, get out of here! No way. I sent yeah, it to like everyone cool. I knew. Like Ed Sheeran liked my post. And most of them were like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> yeah, lots of people. When I was playing poker, I had a kind of a dedicated uh, poker one that I followed because they announced tournaments. Or you'd, I've, I also keep a list of like. Like if you can call them famous poker players, either I've played at the same table with, or I at least have seen them or met them or whatever. And, um, but so some guy that I don't even know, like he's like, like the, he works for the world series of poker and he's usually in Vegas, but he's nobody really, but he, he created like a, a, you can have the Twitter list of like, you make your own list of people. It was called like professional players. And I, and he added me to the list and I was like, ah, oh, cause I didn't, That's I wasn't cool. professional, but I was like, oh, I made the list. You know, somebody, some guy that works for the world series of poker, put me on a list and says, I'm professional. All right. I'm at the big time now. You know, that was pretty exciting. And I send the screenshots to people and they're like, what, who cares? Who, huh? <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> I remember the, the first time I ever got like a, oh my God, like I felt so honored was uh we were playing a show at the Whiskey A Go-Go with a band I used to be in. And um I don't even remember who we were opening for at the time. It was it was someone that was like a fairly well-known band, but like a way past their prime. Okay. Um, God damn, who was it now? I think it was Three Days Grace. Okay. So we were, anyway, we were like the opening band. No one was there. It wasn't a big deal. <clears throat> but uh they searched my name on twitter they found my my account and they tagged me and took a picture and they were like at whatever my tag was at the time uh ripping on guitar and i got home and saw that i was like oh my god thank you (laughs) i was like i have a fan look at this and then it never happened again but it is cool cool. all the comedians on there that's cool like i've gone to um oh shoot can't think of his name his uh he was here in tampa uh he's it's his he's hispanic but it's the he's like the only comedian from his island i I can't remember what it is but he's actually gained a lot of weight too but we were sitting in the crowd in the the room waiting for him to come on i tweeted something like hey i can't wait to see him and he clicked like on that one i was like oh sweet the comedian's sitting back you know or probably in a tiny little room or in the the men's bathroom even clicking like on my tweet that because i tagged him first but (laughs) that's cool i did i did one on uh on instagram one of the reels um it's the guy. Did you ever watch the show Scrubs back in the day? I know it. I didn't really watch it, but the 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 guy who plays Turk, the the black guy, bald guy. Okay. Um, him. So me and my fiance, I know him from Scrubs. She knows him from the movie Clueless. And oh, sure. W- we always were like, well, now people know more from Scrubs. Now people more know more from Clueless. <laughs> so one day I just made a video and I was like, hey, help me out here, uh, Instagram. Where do you know this actor from? Like, tell me and comment below, and I tagged him in it and he shared it onto his uh oh wow onto his story and then commented and he's like let's find out let's see where people know me from and of course i won because everyone watched scrubs sure but that that was pretty cool like he actually like stayed in games yeah. so like people would comment like i know I'm from scrubs he goes no i'm from whatever no i'm from this and he would like respond to people the whole day it was pretty cool i think it's smart for these guys to do that kind of stuff because like i mean you're basically a fan for life of his now if his new movie of his you're gonna go for sure go see it or if there's oh, a new yeah. show you're for sure gonna watch it even if you don't even like him that much it's like 
dude, he retweeted my stuff. I'm going to watch him every time. You know, I don't care. Absolutely. (laughs) I I even messaged him after. I was like, just for the record, I'll always know you from Remember the Titans. He goes, Peter Jones, running back, the running back. And that was all he said. I was like, oh, he did it. He did it. That was was probably the coolest, like, interaction I've ever had with a pseudo-celebrity or, you know, someone who's a bit of a celebrity. So that's cool. Yeah, I've done the other, I, I keep getting reminded of other things I've done. Do you, do you know Dr. Miami from Miami? Does the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I watched him on Snapchat, like when he was first on there, like I felt, I feel like I could do the surgery now. I've watched it so many times. Like, <laughs> I know I don't have the tools exactly, but if I went into his operating room, I think I could figure it out. Like I could, <laughs> I could lipo the shit out of someone's ass. Yeah. Right I'm good. I mean, man. I just, I saw how deep you cut, you peel it back and then you stitch it up, you know, maybe I'm not that good at stitching, but, but, uh, my friend knew I was watching him all the time and I was in Vegas the week of the first week of world series of poker. And so my friend messaged him and said, Hey, wish Dwayne a happy, you know, or good luck on the tournament today or something like that. So I'm sitting in my hotel room, you know, watching da, 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 like, and Dwayne, hope you do good on the, t-. I'm like, what? Like freaking me out that Dr. Miami was saying my name and wishing me well, you know, it's like, that's cool. So, yeah. And, and the other thing I've done is, um, uh, was a pretty big fan of Opie and Anthony. I don't know if you ever yeah, listened yeah. that much. Love Opie and Anthony. But, but Opie went off on his own for a while and now he just does podcasts. And and um, for a while I was listening to him every day and I would comment on his stuff or uh, he, he'll usually go Facebook Live as well as uh, I think now he does, um, he has his own video podcasting. But but so he started recognizing, hey, good morning, Dwayne. You know, I'm like, hey, Opie said good morning. <laughs> pretty cool. We uh we had one. I used to listen when I lived in New Orleans. So my fiance was in um in law school. Um, I always had ESPN radio on for whatever reason. Um, and they had this guy at a Baton Rouge who, um, he had like a national television show and he was he was pretty well known. <clears throat> but the the day of the 2016 election, the Trump versus Hillary, um, he had this girl on that he had never had before, and she was just like. I don't know. She was just spewing different stuff. Like it wasn't about any one particular candidate. She just didn't really sound informed. My fiance had had like quite a day at school. Like she was just dead tired. And she's like, this chick is such a fucking idiot. So she gets on their Facebook and like goes on this rant. Like that was the most incoherent babbling bullshit I've ever heard. What is she doing on here? (laughs) So anyway, we don't think anything about it. We're listening. And all of a sudden we hear, uh, they say my fiance's name. They go, wrote this on Facebook. And they read the whole thing. Oh, my God. I was losing it. I was laughing so hard at her. That's great. She was just like, are they really reading my comment right now? I was like, yes, you went off on this girl. What do you think was going to happen? So there we are in a Starbucks parking lot, like <laughs> holding up the whole line because we're trying to hear this whole thing. And at the end, the girl goes like, wow. I mean, I don't, I don't claim to be an expert, but like, that was very rude. That was very rude. <laughs> So if your fiance, if she's going to law school, I assume she's a lawyer or something. Is she was she worried about her name being tied to something like that? Like I've always worried like someone's going to figure out something. I'm going to you know cancel culture or something, and I'm like, oh, I was doing is retweeting like a Trump tweet or something. You know? No, she she has a she has a different name on her Facebook. So I think people who know her know it's her. But that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that for a while too because Furby Montano. That's yeah, your name. You're, you're gonna find you every time. Yeah. Now I don't really give a shit because. Dude, I'm, life's too short. I don't care. <laughs> I kind of had that that kind of call it an epiphany. But since I've been in my fifties now, I'm fifty two now. But when I turned fifty, I kind of was like, you know, I don't care who who knows what or where. What you know, it's like just whatever. If you find out something about me, that's great. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, my big thing, I was always worried about like a a potential like job finding it out, and then I'm like, you know what? If they're pissed about something I said on social media, fuck them. Like I don't care. By the way, I've been cursing a lot. I don't know if you're cool with cursing, but oh yeah, I'm probably cool with it. Okay, cool. I'm just making sure. <laughs> um, I had the, the closest scare I had like that. I was um, being an entrepreneur. I'm always trying to sell some crap, but I used to sell the, um, uh, the hacker stuff for satellite systems. So like you'd buy like yeah. a little card from Direct TV from wherever, and you put it in your Direct TV box. You got all the channels. Oh yeah, had, so, had those many times. The different. So I, I I used to sell them, and I got busted. Um, well, I got a letter. I got sued by DirecTV, like in federal court. So it was kind of a big deal. Sure. But um, they wanted like $10,000 per device. And I went in there. I, I went pro se. I didn't even hire a lawyer. A couple of my friends hired lawyers. I just showed up and like, dude, they didn't work. I bought them, but I, I couldn't get them to work. And I'm like, they're like, okay. And then they let me go. <laughs> but I actually had sold like, you know, 70 of them or something. So I was kind of worried they were going to find out about that. But I was working for Fox TV at the time. 
and they had just bought DirecTV and I was being sued by DirecTV in a federal court. And I was like, oh, what if somebody connects these lines and realize I work for them? You know, oh, but nothing ever came of it. You know, it's corporations are so big. They don't know anybody who's doing anything really. But uh, that was my biggest scare of something like that. So how did, how did that used to work? Because I remember my dad had one of those like illegal cable boxes in the 90s. Um, and then I remember the cards. We never had DirecTV, but I had a lot of friends who had those. How did those yeah. things work? I, I so, so the when you're when you're tuner, at least the way it used to work, when you're tuner, you change it to say HBO and you don't have HBO. It asks the card, does he have HBO? And it answers yes for everything. Well, they figured out that people were hacking it like that. So you had to, it, it would do like a, I don't know what they call it, like a checksum or something like where they, there were certain spots, they would count the values and make sure that the values added up correctly. And if you set it to say yes every time, that wasn't valid. So then people had to kind of figure out other ways to hack these things. Yeah. And, but, but the, the original ones was just, you would put like, you had to have the card because the card, you had to have a, an active subscription, mm-hmm. but you could buy like the basic, just locals only or whatever it was. And then you had this really thin circuit board that would go underneath it that had the chips program to say yes, every time or almost every time. Right. And it was, I loved it because well, actually back then you couldn't get just locals. Um, well you could, but they, they beamed them everywhere. So like, I recall, it must have been like 1998, 99, um, when John F. Kennedy Jr.'s plane crashed near Nantucket or wherever it was, we just switched to the Boston local news channels and watched those because they were beaming those all over the whole country. Now they can do spot beaming, I think, so it's not like that. But, but, And also, this was before like you'd have a TiVo or a DVR or streaming. So also, like if I missed a show, like say I was trying to watch whatever, you know, Blossom at 7 o'clock and I missed it, I could watch it in the next time zone. Like when it hit mountain time, I could watch it later. So I like, hey, I get a seat still. I didn't miss Blossom or whatever. But um, so it was pretty cool. Like I almost wish they'd sold that as a service. You know, like I wasn't so much trying to steal the services. I just like the features about it. But uh, yeah, that eventually got complicated where you need to hook up like a PC to it. So the PC would read what it was querying and it would kind of slow your thing down and it got too much. And I'm sure you can still do it, but um, it's not worth it with streaming now. I mean, now you can just share your, your friends, you know, like I have... Yeah. I have Netflix and Hulu and my friend has Paramount plus and whatever. And we just share our logins across all the place. And it's better almost than it ever was. So whatever. Yeah, That's, that's like me. My, uh, my parents use my, uh, my login for a lot of stuff. Excuse me. I use it when I'm at their house. Yeah. Oh, did I forget to log it out? Oops. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only for when I'm at their house and I'm personally using it. They, they have no intention of using it ever. So if I did that for my parents, <laughs> it would actually be that way because they wouldn't figure out how to turn it on probably. So. Oh yeah, I get I get a call from my dad or my stepmom um, probably every couple of weeks. Hey, how do I do this ESPN Plus thing? Like, just put in your yeah, password. Yeah, that's a little bit annoying where you have to redo that. I hate that. Like, uh, we watch a lot of TLC, and yeah. every like three every three months, I got to go log in and tell them I've got Spectrum or whatever it is. But I go log in like a damn heathen. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, I think you can set up. I have mostly Roku, as I do have one Fire Stick, but the Roku, I think you can set up like a master login, so it'll just use it. But when I'm using like my friend's login for this and this friend's login for that, it's like I can't have a master login because I'm using all these different ones. <laughs> Dude, Roku was uh, was scaring me for a little while there because we use uh, YouTube TV, okay. and they got into like a huge dispute with YouTube, so they took YouTube TV off of their platforms. So I was like, oh, cool! So I pay for cable. I can't watch now. That's awesome. So YouTube did another one over on them. They said, all right, we'll just open the YouTube, like the regular YouTube app, and we'll put a link in there to YouTube TV. Oh, nice. <laughs> there was something like that with Spectrum, too. Like, so we only have one cable box in the house, and then the rest are all just using Spectrum Wi-Fi. Or, but um, So we use the app on the Roku. And it, for a while, it started to say, don't delete this app, because they, they got and pulled off the platform, but the app would still work. So I, I couldn't go install Spectrum, but I could use it if I had it. It was like, yeah. and then all went away. It doesn't say that anymore. So I guess they're, they're friends again or, or whatever. But Damn contracts, man. <laughs> I used to be more common. I remember like, like Comcast losing MTV or something. And it was like right during the finale of Jersey Shore or something like that. I was so mad. Like, what? <laughs> Did you used to watch Jersey Shore? Yeah, the first few seasons, and I, I went and met DJ Polly D when he was here at the Ebor um, Ritz Club or whatever, which was kind of awkward, me being an old fat guy. It was all younger girls basically went to go see him, and I'm standing in line. I had to pay like an extra hundred bucks to meet him, and then he's <laughs> hugs all these girls in the pictures, but we, we were just going like this, basically, my, in my photo. I can send you a copy of it, but, but uh, so then they let us into the front. We're like right in my... I, 
two, I brought two friends that the one dude's like a country music fan. He was wearing boots. He, he didn't fit in there at all. They let us in. We we're right in front by the stage. And we're like, you know, I just wanted to meet him. I wanted to get the hell out of there. But we're stuck in the very front row, basically, of this just huge crowd of people there to see Polly. So we stayed for a couple of songs. We kind of slowly got out the side. But we were asking the guy where we came in, can we get out this way? He's like, no, you got to go back there. Like, there's a thousand people behind us, you know? Oh, my God, man. That's that's cool, though, man. I mean, you I wouldn't have pegged you for a Jersey Shore fan. That's that's awesome, man. I've always loved all those. I mean, I know it's fake reality now. I, you know, I uh, road rules and real world. And I don't know if you've been watching the, the they're doing the reunions now. Like so they did the first they did the New York one that was on. I think it's on Paramount Plus. But so they they all got back together in the same place. And it, it's that's cool. It's it's fun to see them again, but I don't know, I don't know if you've ever watched any of those real world ones. There was the one with the country star John Brennan. He was out of Kentucky, and he he you know when he was on the, the on Real World, he was always singing. He thought for sure this guy's be a country star, and he basically got back and he tried and tried and didn't get any kind of recording contracts, and he ended up being like a youth minister and moved to Alabama. And so it was fun to see him again. Like, hey, how what, how did you fail? What happened? <laughs> you know? But but it gets really political on those re, reunion shows because it, there was a lot of those first years. There was a lot of race things and, and gay was kind of new on TV. So they talked about that a lot. And um, so it's, they kind of rehashed that again. I'm like, I just want to, I just want to see how they're not friends or friends again. I don't want to go through rehashing, you know, like the next one they'll do will be the one that was San Francisco where Pedro was the guy that was like the first guy on TV that had AIDS and he died, yeah, you know, that. so that'll be all about him. And I'm like, I just want to see what Judd's doing. And, you know, or the girl that married the lumberjack. It's like, I just, it's, I'm not I, looking for the political part I kind of saw like the the next generation of, of real world. So the first one I remember watching was um, Hawaii. Okay. And I remember the big thing on that one was uh, there was um, a Hispanic lesbian, which that was a big thing for some reason. I and think then, I know. Uh, She's on the the challenges a lot now. I forget her name, but I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't remember. She's her a twin name. sister, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, the one with the twin. It was it was her, and then there was also an interracial couple, and that was like a big thing too. Um, which I, I get it; it was like 2001, so yeah, it was something that people didn't see often. But I remember even them being like, "Why is this an issue? I don't I don't quite get it." Like this, is yeah, like- that's for our generation. You're just like, "What?" You know, like I didn't really have any friends that were out in high school. I mean, I was 80, I graduated in 87, but but my my daughter has a friend that comes over the house all the time, kid, dude that's gay, and. I mean, whatever, I don't care at all. It doesn't bother me. But it seems like older generations would be like, what, you let a gay guy in your house? Even now, it's like, it's funny. P- part of what's weird for me is like, when I was a kid and I looked at old stuff from my parents, it was like in black and white, you know, like, yeah. it'd be like, oh, like Alfred Hitchcock movies were black and white. And now if my if my kid looks at stuff from when I was that age, it's in color, you know, it looks, it looks to me like, it's not quite HD, but it looks the same on the TV as watching a brand new movie, yeah. you know? And, and so to me, it feels like it's the same and like, it hasn't aged quite like, 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 like my parents stuff did, you know? And um, so yeah, to see those issues come up, you're like, really, that was a big deal. Or, you know, I've even seen some funny TikToks about the office, like stuff like that, that, uh, that Michael said, like, um, I can't remember the example, but you know, something you couldn't say on NBC probably not anymore. Oh yeah. You know, like, I, wow, I, that show, I feel like that show just went off the air last year. I guess it's about eight years or something, but it's like, God, what? Wow, it really has been eight years since it's been off, hasn't it? I, I, at least, I think, yeah. When did, when did the office end? Let me see the... the they never had, uh, like, smartphones in that show. Nine years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, 2013. Isn't that crazy? Wow, man. That's crazy. Oh, that's making me feel old. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I... I so um, I don't know if you've seen, they're doing like a new version of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's supposed to be. Yeah, like, I saw that like, Super Bowl ad, I think. And I was, I guess it was the first episode last night. I don't know. I think it's on Peacock. So I, I, I heard, yeah, I heard on Peacock on Thursday nights, it was going to be a new episode. So I think it maybe was the first one last night. I'm not sure. So, so my fiance, when we were watching this, she goes, is that really necessary? Like, why are they redoing this as like a drama? <laughs> and then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I don't think a lot of Gen Z has those sitcoms that they grew up with. Like I did in the 90s. Like that, that wasn't really a thing in their generation because they had so much reality TV and they grew up with streaming. That yeah, but they had like, like, I guess my daughter being 20, she, iCarly or um, 
Victorious, those kind of shows. And we watched like Harley, like like you'd have thought it was Seinfeld. We were like Sunday nights at six o'clock. We we always watched it. <laughs> actually, we did went to meet meet and greet her with her when she went and toured too. We've met her, but <laughs> well, I was I was thinking more like like Fresh Prince, like that was what everyone was watching at that point yeah. because there wasn't anything else on that was like that was the yeah show, you know that was the water cooler talk the next day or whatever they exactly. call it so so i was thinking like i think a lot of gen z grew up with those sitcoms too they just grew up with the reruns they didn't have to wait all the time but when they were at home on you know a wednesday afternoon when they're sick they just watched the first prince of bel for seven hours right yeah so i was like so this is this is also nostalgia for them just that they weren't alive in the moment when it was happening the, yeah, that makes sense. It, it totally makes sense why they would redo it for that generation and let them have their version of this story. But I kind of get it now. Uh, yeah, I mean, reboots are good and bad. Like, you know, they, when Steve Carell was on Saturday Night Live, the, uh, the a couple of the, I think it was Pam and um, whatever her name is, Ellie, whatever her name is, and whatever character name. But anyways, they were in the crowd and they were like, "I have a question." Like he was like taking questions. Yeah. Can we, uh, I want to make some money. Can we uh, do the office again? He's like, no, sorry. And then Panda's saying, hey, I have a question. Yeah, we really need the money. So can we do another absolutely <laughs> opposite? And and I think that, you, 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 and he's right. You can't go do that again. I, it's, I, don't, I think that'd be, it'd be crap. You know, the, I don't know if you watch the UK shows ever, um, the one with. Gervais. Yeah, Gervais. You know, they only do like three, three, three seasons of it. And that's really normal on BBC, like where they just do three seasons of a show and they're done. And they've done two like where are they now kind of things where they went back and, and David Brent is now like, he was trying to be like the way Michael Scott thinks he's a comedian. David Brent thought he was going to be a musician. So he's like right. spent all of his money. He like got laid off. He spent all of his severance on like making a music video and stuff. And then I think they did a Christmas episode too later. And so they do kind of go back and revisit it and get the set back together. But they really only had like three years where I think the office in the U S was like eight or nine years. And, and um, I, I don't know that to me, it makes sense to just be more creative and come up with new stuff. You know, Ricky's not, redoing anything he, he's got that new afterlife and you know yeah. the next thing will be totally different again that's what they should be doing it, reboots are they can be fun I, I like the idea of like the way they do it in the uk where they went back and did like a christmas episode like um i've had this idea for uh a show and i tried to tweet paul riser about it thinking that maybe he's kind of just he's in enough of a slump that he's not doing much that he maybe would read my tweets, <laughs> but he didn't follow me back. But, but my, and I, and I don't know the legal logistics if it would work, but I think my idea is that it would be called reruns. And what you do is remember must see TV Thursday nights, they had Seinfeld cheers, friends, whatever the shows were. I, I suppose NBC doesn't even own the scripts anymore, but my thought was that they'd take the same script and you'd take a cast from one of the shows. So maybe you'd take a Seinfeld episode that we've all seen and we all know it. But you bring in the friends crowd and you cast and you say, you know, Joey, you're going to be Kramer. And, you know, who's going to be Jerry? And they and they would just do it. It'd be live. So they'd screw up. It'd be funny, you know. And then but reruns live. And I'm like, Paul Reiser, you're the guy that can make this happen. Mad about you, dude. You know, make this must see TV, you know, sure. bring back Helen Hunt. She's not doing anything either. Get him in there. And he never answered me. But but uh, that'd be the kind of reboots I want to see is just screw around with it. A one time you don't do like a. A whole season of Seinfeld, but do one season, do one show, do Seinfeld this week and next week do a Friends episode, and that'll be the people from Cheers that'll do it, you know, whatever. <laughs> so what, there was a there was a show we used to watch called Undateable that uh, the first two seasons were pretty awful, but it was entertaining enough that we stayed watching it. Yeah. Then uh, the third season, I guess their their numbers had dipped really low, but they had paid a shitload of money for the leading guy. Um, his name is Chris D'Elia, and they gave him a three year oh, contract. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know yeah that show. comedian. Um, so to make it more interesting, they did every episode live. Oh yeah, I remember that. And like every single episode, there would be multiple like people that broke character and started laughing because he would just like mess with them to try to screw up the, the taping. And it was very obvious he didn't want to be there. He was just there to finish out the contract. Oh yeah, that, that was one of the best seasons of any television show I've ever seen in my entire life. Because I love that stuff. Like they, they call it the fourth wall. Don't break the fourth wall. Whatever. Don't look at the camera. Don't you yeah. know acknowledge it. But that's some of the best stuff. Like, like that's what I loved about like Opie and Anthony is they would talk about their actual lives times, you know, like, Oh, I got so damn drunk last night. I got pulled over. I thought, you know, shitting bricks, whatever, you know, instead of just doing this popular radio show and interviewing a guy, it was like, it was like more real. And I, I love that for TV shows too. It's like, yeah. just do whatever. I used to love on Opie and Anthony. Um, he probably still comes on, but when Jim Norton used to come on yeah, and he would like talk about like, you know, 
going with trans hookers and like stuff like that on on like morning radio when i'm a yeah. kid i'm like what you can't talk about this what are you doing yeah and he's got that it's, it's like talk about undateable you would think he's almost undateable now but he still does that i've seen some tiktoks of him talking about it now and he still does that in his comedy shows and i think it's real you know? Those are my favorite kind of comedians. The ones that are just like, this is me. I'm a piece of shit. Here I am. Just, yeah. there you go. Judge me if you want. I don't care. Well, yeah. man, believe it or not, man, we're actually at an hour. Uh, wow. That, that well, flew by. Um, <laughs> so do you want to tell people where they can find you? Like TikTok, online, anything like that? I mean, it's Dwayne T. Comedy, I think, on TikTok. And I don't have enough of a following to matter. I'm not in the creator fund. I don't get any money. <laughs> and my Twitter is... Uh, I don't even know what it is. The real, the real bopper 69 or something like that. <laughs> I, love it. I don't have anything to pick up. That's, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to open this mattress business soon where I'm going to be selling mattresses in Tampa. So I guess if you need a bed, hit me up. <laughs> You're, uh, Casper Casper is, unless you don't sell Casper, but we don't think Casper. I will. I, I'm, I'm still new to I think I've got the main Sealy and okay. I don't, I'm still trying to find space to lease to put the stuff in. And, but sure. the, 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 the whole thing is that you, you go shop around and then, when you're sick of shopping around, you're going to call me and we're going to set up an appointment and I'm going to be like, okay, you ready to buy? Great. I'll meet you over there in half an hour. I'll show you how it's, there's no overhead because I don't have employees. It's just the warehouse of mattresses laying a couple, get it for 50 to 80% off and get out of here. And yeah, <laughs> hope that works. It. It's supposed to be a successful model. They've got 400 dealers throughout the United States and we'll see. I'm it's, probably going to be hitting you up at some point because uh, <laughs> awesome. we have a spare room that has a very shitty mattress. So I'll probably be hitting you up for that. <laughs> That's awesome. No, apparently we, again, I haven't gotten any in stock yet or anything like that, but we do the, uh, uh, we have the good brands. You can lay on those. And then we have like, it's called like five-star mattress. And that's made by the company that I'm, I've got a franchise through basically. And so you lay on that one and it's the same, it's the same, whatever. I don't know enough about beds yet, but coal accounts and padding and all that. And those are like half the price. So do you want the Sealy or do you want the one that's exactly like the Sealy for half the price? You can still get the silly for half the silly price, but so I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I kind of jump around a lot. I did the ticket brokering for 12 years and this is just something new. And I feel like it's kind of a retirement job where if I do appointments, I don't have to sit in the store all day. It'll be like, Oh, you want to come over? I'll meet you over there. You know? Well, shit, man. Best, best of luck to you on that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, Dwayne, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate yeah, you. Being awesome. on. Cool. Yeah, thanks, and, uh, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, of course, man. Love to have you back on at some point. Awesome. Cool. And thank you everyone for listening.